Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here to communicate late breaking news and thoughtful insights about the broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. So whether you're a consumer of housing, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear more about the evolving trends in home energy ratings. This ResTalk podcast, we're doing episode 77 here, and I still call it one of the new ways ResNet will communicate, and relatively speaking, but it's into its fourth year now. I'm your host, Bill Spohn, and I've worked in the HVAC era building performance markets for almost 30 years, maybe more than 30 years now. I can't keep track. And I've been working with the fine team at ResNet for nearly that whole time. There's no way around it. Water is essential to life. Water, like energy, is an environmental resource and requires, or actually demand, more attention from all. In fact, we talked about water in four previous episodes of ResTalk over the last four years. How does the EPA WaterSense program address this topic? What are the updates to the WaterSense labeled homes 2.0? And how does HERS H2O, how does that rating work? We're pleased to have on the podcast today, Jonah Shine, who's a seasoned water efficiency professional working at the US EPA, and Ryan Mears, who's program director at ResNet. They're coming back to the podcast to give us more updates on the EPA WaterSense labeled homes version 2.0 and the HERS H2O programs. Now, Ryan and Jonah will share their thoughts to us and help us learn more about the move from prescriptive to a performance-based approach, how to handle projects that started using version 1.0 of the program, the ease of access to proper training, and why water is so important to the building industry. Now you can catch up on the backstory via previous episodes of ResTalk, episode three, bonus episode one, and episodes 15 and 62 from 2020. And you can get links to those in the show notes. You can also purchase the ResNet ANSI ICC Standard 850-2020 at the ICC store or learn more at the ResNet website. Look for the links in the show notes. Okay, let's give it up to Jonah and Ryan to talk more about water and the WaterSense program and HERS H2O. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, good morning, Bill. Morning, Bill. We are bringing you back again. We talked in episode 62. Res Talk episode 62 released on November 30th, 2020. And we talked about basically, I think it was the first time on Res Talk we talked about the program. And there's been some updates since then. And we wanted to cover those updates and to talk about why more raiders should be trained, why more builders should be engaged in this program. But first, just on a human basis, I'd like both of you to give your reactions to like the current headlines. I'm reading things like that's the worst drought condition in the U.S. in 20 years. Jonah, why don't you go first from your perspective? Thanks, Bill. Part of the reason that we're here as a program in WaterSense and why we've partnered with ResNet is we believe that water is going to be a very important issue to society, but also to the building industry now and in the coming years. And you're absolutely right. The headlines are getting pretty dire, and that's because the drought situation out west is getting pretty dire. But at the same time, this is nothing new. We know that water is a big issue. We see what's happening with the cost of water. We see the things that are going on with capital spending behind the rise in cost of water. We understand that's going to put pressure on the building industry and make it more difficult to get entitlements, more difficult to get permits to build. 
laws are already on the books in California that are driving down the per capita on water consumption on a district level. That's without drought. The drought is here. It's only going to make all of those pressures worse. Now, the good news is I think we have a tool here in HERS H2O rating and in water sense certification that can really serve as a blueprint for builders and for raters how to navigate the building and new construction in a water-starved world. Very good. Ryan, uh, your reaction to that, please? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with Jonah more. I guess I'll take a little different perspective in that the drought obviously is always a driver for water efficiency efforts and often for tight water restrictions. But I'd like to see us get past this ebb and flow of, oh, there's a drought, so we should focus on efficiency. And it's like, there was an energy crisis, let's focus on energy efficiency. But let's get past that and get to a point where, like we are with PERS ratings now, it's becoming standard in the market to address the energy efficiency of your home. Let's get to that point where water efficiency is standard to be addressed in a home, just like energy is. So I'd like to see something come from a crisis, I guess. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself. I didn't let you do it at the beginning here, and we'll go bounce back to Jonah. But first, Ryan, introduce yourself, please. Yeah, Ryan Mears. I'm the program director for ResNet, and I oversee the HERS H2O program. As well as a lot of other things. As well as a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> for, for today's purposes, we'll just say HERS H2O. <laughs> right, thank you. And Jonah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm Jonah Shine. I'm the uh, National Program Manager for WaterSense Labeled Homes. Like Ryan, in addition to a whole bunch of other stuff, but that's the way it goes when you work on a small team. And WaterSense is certainly a small team relative to our friends in Energy Star. So we'll talk a little bit about version two today, but there was a version one. Can you characterize the differences in case people have heard of this before? Jonah, could you talk about that? Version one, we launched the first version of the WaterSense Labeled Homes program in 2009. It had a good run as a program. Obviously, a lot changed in the building industry. Version 1 was largely prescriptive in nature. It had a lot of different checklists that might apply in different situations. When Ryan and I were here with you last time, Bill, we were at the phase of piloting version 2, which really transitioned to more of a performance-based approach. So we have a very minimal checklist. It includes water sense label plumbing products inside the house because we know those are third-party certified to perform well, as well as saving water, as well as an efficiency threshold of 30%. So that would equate to a HERS H2O rating of 70 or lower. We were piloting it last fall. Turns out builders like that flexibility. It really, I think, does a good job of folding into the way that raiders do business. We got a lot of positive feedback. So as of this past February, WaterSense Labeled Homes version 2 is out and available to everybody who wants to use it. Anyone doing version 1 will have till the end of this year to finish those certifications as long as those homes are permitted by the end of June. So we're at time of recording, we're just coming up on the first phase of that deadline for people to finish up using version one. But like I said, based on the feedback that we've gotten from builders and from raiders, version two really is a preferred approach because of the flexibility it adds. And because at the end of the day, you have a very clear metric you can communicate to home buyers. Right? You can very clearly state this home has a HERS rating of X. That's going to equate to this number of gallons and this amount of money saved year in, year out for as long as you're in the home. Very good. Ryan, how does HERS H2O dovetail into this? Yeah, so with a HERS H2O score of 70 or less, and then meeting a few of the water sense requirements, like usage of water sense labeled fixtures and verification that there's no leaks, no visible leaks in the home, and then the builders can achieve 
their both HERS H2O certificate as well as the WaterSense certificate and labels. One of the advancements we've made since the November recording is that we can now auto-generate all of those certificates and labels. So when the rating gets submitted to us, when a HERS H2O rating gets submitted to the ResNet registry and it meets that 70 or less and those mandatory requirements, they'll automatically be issued the WaterSense label and uh, certificate as well as the HERS H2O certificate. Very good. Can you tell me some of the prescriptive measures, like the maybe a few technical details? Would that be on you, Ryan, or are you, Jonah? I can take it a little bit. So some of the details that go into a HERS H2O rating, first of all, HERS H2O doesn't have any minimum mandatory requirements other than minimum rated features like HERS does. So raters are going to go in and verify fixture flow rates for your shower heads, your kitchen faucet, your lavatory faucet. They're going to check the flush volume for toilets. They're also going to verify the length of pipe between the hot water heater and the furthest fixture that uses hot water. And then outside it, they're going to be verifying the area, the landscape area that's getting irrigated or the irrigated area, the type of irrigation controller that's being used. They're also going to measure, optionally, they can measure the flow rate of the irrigation system. If it's an efficient system, the builder's going to get more credit for the irrigation system as well. So those are some of the components that go into the HERS H2O rating. And if I can add to that, Bill. We do have, as I mentioned, a few very limited prescriptive requirements for the WaterSense certification, and we do get that question, right? If we're in the business of saving water, why have any prescriptive requirements at all? Like the HERS H2O rating, the efficiency threshold is going to capture the water savings. And the reason for that is we don't just want the WaterSense label to stand for a home that's efficient. We want it to stand for a home that's high performing. And when I say performing in this sense, does the toilet actually flush? Does the shower head meet the consumer's demands and expectations for a shower, or is it something that they're going to rip out as soon as they have a chance once they're in the home? So we do have a few of those requirements because, like I said, that's what we want the WaterSense label to stand for. One of the things I always like to emphasize for builders and for raiders both is we do require a basic leak detection protocol. Again, very simple, very easy to do. A lot of us have either bought a home at one point in our lives or will buy a home at one point in our lives. And I ask you, how would you feel if you bought a home that's supposed to be water efficient and high performing and it leaked? And yes, we find new homes, new construction that leaks right off the bat. So again, I think it's a very minimal ask, very easy for the rater to do, but a very high value, high return on investment, especially when you consider that, I don't know about you, if I moved into a new home that was under warranty and I found a leak... I'd pick up the phone and I'd call the builder. We're helping to avoid callbacks. Likewise with WaterSense labeled products. Yes, they save water and they help you get to that HERS H2O rating of 70 that you need. But the reason that we require them is because they've been third-party certified to ensure they actually perform well. So we know that we're getting high-performing products in addition to water-efficient products available in absolutely every style and price point. I think most builders of any volume are going to be able to get them for little to no incremental cost. So there's a tremendous value being added for a handful of really pretty easily obtained features on the mandatory checklist. And then, of course, you can show them the WaterSense certification to back that up, a government-backed certification that says, yes, this home is high-performing in addition to being water efficient. It's moved from a pilot program in the last year or so. Any anecdotes from the pilot program, anything notable that comes to mind, either with a builder or a raider? So from my perspective, one of the important things that came out of the pilot was 
a need for sampling in some of the busiest markets. So for the pilot, which started in Las Vegas, one of the things that came out of that was, first of all, the Las Vegas housing market is very hot and things are moving very quickly. But at the same time, being in a pandemic, code officials weren't able to get certificate of occupancies issued and things in a timely manner. So Ideally, when you're doing a HERS rating and a HERS H2O rating, that final HERS inspection, when they're going to do your blower door test and your duct leakage test, you're also going to do your HERS H2O inspection at that point. And what was happening, because the blower door and duct leakage tests are required for the certificate of occupancy for that final, the builders were scheduling those as quickly as possible after the home was ready because there was a lag time in getting that test done to getting the paperwork to the code official and getting the CO issued so they could close on the home. And what was happening is that it was getting scheduled, that final inspection was getting scheduled before the irrigation system was installed. So the Raider couldn't test the irrigation system at that time. It would have led to the Raider having to come back out for another trip in order to do that inspection, which would have added a pretty significant increase to the builder to have to pay for another trip for the Raider to come out. So we did end up developing some guidelines on how sampling could be used. Using existing data that we had for that builder's homes, we could come up with some sampling to allow them some flexibility in what homes they tested so that this scheduling issue wouldn't dramatically increase the cost to the builder to be able to do HERS H2O and water sense. Is this tracked somewhere, the data, the labeling information for the home? Where would that show? Yeah, all the HERS H2O ratings and water sense are tracked in the ResNet registry just like a HERS rating is. And now we have a whole separate section for all HERS H2O ratings as well. So how might that be searched or if someone was looking for that? We don't yet have a public search option. Got it. I suspect we will develop that just like we do for HERS ratings, where you can go to the ResNet website or HERSindex.com and search a home address and find out if it has a rating and how it scored. Is that something also that WaterSense will be doing as part of an EPA program, some kind of way to find these homes? So we will be collecting ResNet as a home certification organization as an HCO is responsible for submitting all of that information to EPA on a quarterly basis. We collect that from other HCOs as well. I should point out that we've approved ResNet as an HCO, but we've also approved Home Innovation as an HCO. So as I Ryan and I talk about this subject a lot, and what I always tell them is, Ryan, I love you. We've been partners for a long time, but I'm going to give you competition. What I can do is make sure that it's good competition. Yeah, the American way. Exactly. We're a market-based program. We believe in it. it keeps us all on our toes. Exactly. <laughs> We're not uh, EPA. We typically shy away from listing specific addresses in any sort of public way. But something else that I, I should mention, which is new for version two, and I think is kind of exciting, that in addition to information about homes, we also get information about verifiers that have been approved to offer the water scent certification. So again, we collect that from ResNet, as well as all of our HCOs that we have now in the future. And that information is available on the EPA website. So that had been a, a challenge under version one. People would come and say, hey, I've got this home. How do I get it certified? And we'd have to send them on a little bit of a goose chase. Now, all of that information is listed in one centralized place on the EPA website. You want to know who's available to get you the certification for a water sense labeled home. You can go, you can see which HCO they're approved under and really make it a lot easier for builders or other people that are interested in the program to find raters to work with. It's good for the business of both the builder 
and the rater to be able to be listed. And that's another pull for why they should be interested in this. And consumer demand should be coming up. How is consumer awareness created for this kind of program? We spend time and energy marketing the WaterSense program. This is one of the places that we do see a lot of parallels to our friends in Energy Star. Obviously, as a lot of people know, the Energy Star brand is an extremely well-recognized brand. I think to a large extent, I think that's probably because people are familiar with the products more so than with the home certification. I think even the Energy Star Certified Homes program would tell you that. And likewise for WaterSense. We don't have quite the brand recognition that Energy Star does, but we have been growing. We get a, I think, a fairly significant degree of brand recognition. A lot of that probably comes from our product certification program, because when you go to the big store and you look in the aisles, you see our label there. Whereas you would probably only see the WaterSense label for homes when you're actually looking to purchase a house. NAHB looks at that in their What Home Buyers Want survey. I think specifically for WaterSense-labeled homes, I believe brand recognition was around 26% last year. So somewhere around one and a quarter of home buyers say that they recognize and know the WaterSense brand when they're shopping for a home, which I think is pretty significant in that field. So Ryan, to become HERS H2O certified, to have that credential, what does that take? Currently, it's available to ResNet certified HERS raters, although we have just recently opened it up to California HERS raters as well. And what they have to do is take an online training on the ResNet training portal. There's a HERS H2O raider training, and it takes about two to three hours to get through. And once that is complete, they will enter their RTIN number at the end of that training to verify that they have completed it. And then it'll be logged in our system so they can participate in HERS H2O ratings and WaterSense as well. And I should say that it is also open to rating field inspectors so they can verify the field components as they do for HERS ratings for HERS H2O as well. How about the on-site process? If either of you uh, walked through it or talked with someone who's walked through it, what's that like? I'll go to Jonah first if you have a feel for that. That's obviously something we were very conscious about in the development of the program because We knew that in order for the program to be successful, we had to make two things happen. One, we had to make it fairly simple and quick for a raider and RFI to be able to do. And number two, we needed to figure out a way to fold it into the existing HERS process relatively seamlessly. Again, this is one of the reasons we did the pilot. I think we did a pretty good job right up for a first try, making sure that the rating was easy and relatively simple and quick to do. I think Ryan spoke about some of the things we learned in terms of what we could allow to be sampled and still maintain the integrity of the program. Because of course, we want to make things easy, but we also want the rating and the certification to be meaningful. We can't do that if we're not confident that yes, this home's going to save the water. We think it's going to save. I've had a couple of chances to walk through with raters as they've done the certification. In my experience, it's usually something they're able to do once they get the hang of it between 30 to 60 minutes. Now, the other And again, the initial training is available on the ResNet portal, so it's a fairly easy thing for raiders or RFIs to pick up. The other piece, and it's actually, to be honest, it's one of the things I get a little bit more excited about when I really think about what's the potential impact of the HERS H2O program and the WaterSense Home Certification working together, is really educating and training raiders of, but what does it mean when you get these results, when you're out doing a rating? And part of the reason I say this, and I think we all understand, raiders are primarily energy people. And 
I'm on this quest to make you water people, right? And take all that knowledge and all of that information and all of that background you have on the building industry and on building science and put it to use in the name of water. So when you're out and you do it, when you do a flow test for an irrigation system and it comes out really high, but what does that mean? And what can you then relay back to beyond, hey, this is really blowing up your HERS H2O score. What can you communicate to the builder about, hey, there might be a really a no cost or maybe even an opportunity to save you some money, but also mean that the house is going to perform better, get a better rating and result in a better product for the homeowner. So potential solutions. Then. Exactly. Yeah. And like I said, I, I really think that's when the rating industry is at its best because that's when we're really helping to make high performing homes. Absolutely. We'll bounce it back over to Ryan. This is governed by standard. Am I correct? Yeah. So we published actually just about a year ago now, Standard 850, which governs the calculations, establishes the calculations for the reference and rated home, which is ultimately what determines the HERS H2O score. So currently, Standard 850 only applies to one and two family dwellings, but the next version, we expect to incorporate multifamily buildings into that as well. A Standard Development Committee 1100 is working on that now and has been since December to incorporate multifamily into the standard so we can do HERS H2O ratings on multifamily buildings as well. So for more information on that standard, is that available through the ResNet website? Yeah, you can go to the ResNet website. You can purchase the standard through the ICC website. So ICC is a partner of ours on that standard, and you can purchase the standard at iccsafe.org. But you can get information about HERS H2O as well as the standard on the ResNet website as well. Jonah, are there resources that people interested here want to learn a little bit more? What's the best place to get that? Sure. Our website, epa.gov slash watersense. If you just navigate to the home section, we put a myriad of different resources available on our website. We also, for builders, we do maintain a partner site, and we have some tools and resources that we make available only to our partners. So partnership is free. Don't know, There's no cost. It's a really pretty minimal ask. But that being a partner does get you access to all of the partner resources that we offer to help you when you label a home, when you certify a home to WaterSense. How do you communicate that? How do you tell a potential home buyer, hey, we've done something different with this home to make it better for you. That's at the end of the day, what we really would like builders to get more in the habit of doing as they've done with HERS and Energy Star certification. And so we have a whole slew of materials helping to communicate that to potential home buyers as well. Now, you mentioned the pilot program was in Las Vegas. Has there been uptake in other areas of the country, the regions you could mention? As part of the field testing, we did do some homes in Florida as well as Utah. And there's been uh, strong interest in California, which is why we did open it up to California HERS Raiders to participate as well. And I'm expecting to see a big uptake there. So CalCerts and Shears are the two California providers for the program. And they're just about ready now to start doing ratings. They've been testing the functionality and getting the California Raiders set up to take the training. So I expect significant uptake there. And I think we'll see as version one of WaterSense transitions out, I think we're going to see builders that were doing version one start to make that shift over to version two. So over the next six months, I'd expect many more builders to start getting in on version two. And also, I should say that we also see WaterSense as a real driver in HERS H2O ratings, as really the real meaningful certification behind HERS H2O. It is. It seems as this is simple, 
straightforward and significant. And it maybe just needs to rise in awareness amongst the community of the consumers, as well as the builders and the rating and rating organizations. I think I'm going to try this on my house. I'm going <laughs> to download the standard and try to sort through. Are there other resources available? Does the standard have the checklist in it? It does not, but on the ResNet website, we do have an inspection checklist, and we also have an inspection guidance document, which is unique to this program because for HERS, the training and quality assurance providers are the ones who typically produce those checklists and guidance documents for HERS raters, whereas ResNet doesn't do that. But for HERS H2O, we did establish a two different working groups that worked on those, the checklist and the guidance document to assist raters right off the bat with knowing yeah, what they start. should be looking for. Yeah. They could, of course, vary from that, but you gave them something to form from. Yeah, it's a starting point. Yeah, it's not mandatory, but it provides them with the guidance they need when they're in the field. And maybe one other thing on that similar topic, currently HERS H2O is done using a calculation spreadsheet. It's done in an Excel spreadsheet right now. And the spreadsheet has the ability to export an XML and upload the rating directly to the ResNet registry. In many HERS raters are probably going to be interested to know, we already have HERS software. When's this going to get incorporated? We're just in the process now of updating the implementation guidelines to lay out the process for software approval for HERS H2O. So I expect that by the end of this year, we'll be able to start accepting software to be approved for HERS H2O as well. So you can do your HERS rating and HERS H2O in the same software. Got it. Jonah, you presented at the virtual conference in February on this topic, very comprehensive. You shared with me the presentation. So for anyone who signed up for the conference, you can go back until the end of the year and review the presentation, download the documents. If you haven't signed up for the conference, shame on you. You can do that now and it's you not can too fill late. that gap. It's not too late. <laughs> There's a lot of great content. Yeah. Hours and hours of content, hundreds of hours of content. That would be great. Gentlemen, it's great covering this topic again. Looks like advancement's been made. It's been less than a year, and you made some significant steps here. Any closing thoughts? I'll go to Jonah first. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having us back, Bill. I think you put it pretty well and succinctly. It's significant, easy. What's the third one? Straightforward. Straightforward, yeah. And that's, again, that's not by accident. That's the result of, I think, a longstanding partnership between ResNet and EPA. We really sat down several years ago and said, we're partners in this. How do we get to that common goal? In large part, our, that common goal is figure out a path where the ResNet community as really people that come from an energy and building science background can be an asset to the building industry as we face these water shortages and as we face all of the challenges that we know we're going to face in the coming years that are going to make building in a water and infrastructure starved world difficult. One of the things I always say is we all know energy is extremely important to building a high-performing and efficient home. But at the end of the day, go talk to your builders. Homes are not built or not because of energy. They are frequently built or not because of water. If we're going to be successful and the industry is going to continue to thrive in parts of the country like the West and the Southwest, where we experience drought conditions and water shortages, or places like the upper Midwest or the Northeast where infrastructure is quite old and we're facing this enormous bill to maintain and update our infrastructure, this is a challenge that we're going to have to face. It's, I wouldn't say a pivot, but it's a broadening into resources in general. Energy and water are both very significant resources to comfortable life. Yeah, we've become pretty accustomed to having them in our homes. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, closing thoughts, please. 
yeah, I think Jonah put it pretty well in terms of the potential impact on builders of being able to build a home or not because of availability or access to water supply. I think that's important from the builder perspective. I'll say from the rater perspective, this is an additional service that you can add on to provide to your builder. And it generally meshes very well with a HERS rating. And so it's fairly easy to add this as an additional service to the builder. And from a builder perspective, it's another way that you can use a third party to verify the performance of your home. It's another way that you can demonstrate to your prospective buyers that they can save money. In addition to getting the home HERS rated and the energy savings that go along with that, you have water savings that go along with the HERS H2O and WaterSense. So I think that's really important in, for raiders and builders to get involved because, as Jonah was mentioning, it, the potential to have a major disruption in the home building industry due to lack of access to water, especially in these areas that are stricken with severe drought right now, is a very real possibility. Yeah, you can't make water as easy as you can make power. Just one sort of divergent topic as we close out here, but your thoughts on the global situation, both with the work you're doing and just in general, are there some international tie-ins that you could speak about? Jonah. Prior to coming to EPA, I worked mostly internationally. I've had the chance as a federal government employee to do some projects overseas on detail or being loaned out to the U.S. missions in various countries. We have it pretty good here. We really do. This is another place where, yes, we have challenges. We have to take them seriously. But how many of us, when we wake up in the morning and we go to turn on the sink, really worry about whether or not water is going to come out of there? So, yes, it's a challenge for us domestically. It's a bigger challenge internationally and, unfortunately, a potentially destabilizing factor in a lot of parts of the world. So a lot of us know the phrase that the wars of the 21st century will be fought over water as opposed to over oil and gold. And unfortunately, I think that's already the case. We just don't necessarily know them as water wars. We know them by other names. But you look at situations like Darfur. Why did that happen? That had a lot to do with migratory patterns of people moving to places they hadn't historically been because of drought conditions. It's spurred by water, even though it's not necessarily over water. A lot of the unrest in Syria has come from drought conditions that really decimated the wheat market and had to deal with rural populations moving to urban populations. We don't know that as a war over water, but that's the core driver. Now, at the same time, in addition to having it pretty good, we have a tremendous responsibility in this country because what we do here and the way we manage water and we manage growth is looked at all over the world. And we're big market. So we have a lot of influence. So I think it's important that we really lead the way and show the world, yes, there's a way to grow and build, but do it responsibly and take care of this very precious resource. Excellent. Very important, powerful thoughts there. Thank you, Jonah. Ryan, do you have a global perspective on this? I think Jonah's was an important one. I'll just echo their responsibility message in that we take for granted that we have ready access to water across the entire U.S., and we do have a responsibility to use it as efficiently as possible and to take care of that as a natural resource that in every respect is much more important and valuable than even than energy. So I think that's really what it comes down to. We have ready access to it, but we have a responsibility to use it in the most efficient way possible. 
Well, thank you. I think we covered that topic well for a short podcast here. And it's an important topic, HERS H2O and Water Sense. I'd like the listeners to really take a look at the show notes, click through a few links, get engaged if you aren't already. This is an important thing to pay attention to. Thanks again, Ryan and Jonah, for coming on Res. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Always great to be here. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk Podcast, where we talked about water, the Water Sense Labeled Homes Program, and HERS H2O. Again, there's information and links in the show notes to get you more background information and details on the program itself. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more or join the email list. And you can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter. Here's a related quote for today by Stuart Udall, American politician. Plans to protect air and water, wilderness and wildlife are in fact plans to protect man. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to Rest Talk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Rest Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spone and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.